Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're at episode 125 and today I am speaking to a serial entrepreneur who has launched successfully five product-based businesses. So I think you're going to enjoy this one. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. I'm your host, Suze Chadwick, founder, author, speaker, and bold branding and business coach. Right here on this podcast, you'll learn how to create an epic brand, profitable business, get marketing savvy, and we'll help you find the confidence to step up as the CEO to scale and grow. Ready? Let's go. Well, hello there. So nice to have you back. Thought I'd go into a British accent for you because that's always a little bit fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> This is your first time here. You're thinking, what is going on? My name is Suze Chadwick. I am the founder of The Connection Exchange and I work with savvy women in business to help them build confidently bold brands and profitable businesses. So awesome to have you here. But listen, today I have got a total girl boss on the podcast. Mia Plesic is the founder of not one, not two, but five different product-based businesses. So she has actually created six startup businesses, Bondi Smile, Slick Hair Co, Pearly Whites Australia, Her Organics and Downtown Pressed Juice. Plus she's got the Pointless Podcast as well. She is a self-made CEO who has oodles of experience when it comes to creating a strong brand and really making a product-based business work. And so I know that we talk a lot about business on the podcast. I know that a lot of my listeners are service-based providers, but I also know a lot of my listeners are product-based businesses as well. And so I wanted to ask her all the questions that I'm sure you would be asking her when it comes to how she built a brand, how she built an audience, how she manages her numbers and the money when it comes to production and costs and all the rest of it. And so we have a really good chat in this episode that I think that you're going to really enjoy and get a lot out of. But just a little warning, there is adult language in this episode and we do have a couple of audio issues, but hopefully it doesn't affect your listening joy during this podcast. So listen, without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. Mia, welcome to the Brand Builders Love podcast. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Now, when I actually went and looked at your Instagram, there are so many other tags for different businesses. Uh, So you have been one busy lady. Busy, crazy. There's a few different words that you could use to (laughs) define me. Awesome. And so I guess just to start with, how have you been finding 2020 so far? Because I know you've got quite a lot of product-based businesses. Yeah. What's been your experience? Well, from a personal point of view, it's been an absolute shit show. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I think that I, I don't think I'm the only one. It's a really crazy time at the moment for everyone, especially for us Victorians. Um, you know, we've we've got a lot going on at the moment. But I guess we're here to talk from a business perspective. So I started a business at the very um, pandemic, uh, which is Slick Stick um, or Slick Hair Company, as we've recently rebranded to. Um, and I guess you know, like like all great things. 
Um, they happen sometimes on the end of, of, or, you know, in the middle of something that's not so great that's going on in our lives. And um, I started that business back in December, January, just as it was all starting. And yeah, it's just been an incredible journey. I mean, it's my fifth startup, um, but it's definitely my biggest and my, and the irony being that, you know, it's the one business that out of all of them that I put the least amount of time, energy and capital into. Um, and it's the one that's doing, doing the best. So from, um, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, I think the, the benefits that I've taken out of that, the silver lining, I guess you could call it, is that, you know, I'm stuck at home, I'm wearing lockdown and I guess I'm putting so much time, more time than usual into, into this startup. And I think it's, it's really paid off. Amazing. And so obviously, like you said, this is your fifth. So do you want to just give us a little bit of background on like how you started out and why you decided to go down the path of product-based businesses? Yeah, so I, at 22, um, I obviously came out of high school. I didn't really like school very much. I'm not a very academic person, um, but I'm a very practical person and very creative person. So when it came to, you know, standing on my own two feet and deciding on what I wanted to do with my life, um, I actually became a personal trainer for a couple of years. And that kind of gave me a little bit of an introduction into the business world. You know, I was a, um, obviously a sole trader running my own boot camps and personal training sessions. Um, And I got to a point where I was like, I don't really see this evolving further. I don't really see myself getting financial freedom from this industry for me personally. Um, And I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I, I kind of delved into a little bit of research around entrepreneurship and business and owning your own business and being your own boss. But I didn't really know what that entailed. And I haven't got a business background, background. I haven't got a degree in business. I have no business. I didn't have any business knowledge or skill, but I, like I said earlier, I'm a very creative person. So I loved the idea of being able to create something of my own and evolve with that brand. So when I was 22, like I said, I started my first business, my first proper business, as I call it. Um, bear in mind, there were so many small businesses that I'd started between, say, 18 and 22, whether it would be, um, you know, when I was like seven years old, I used to make my own jewellery and I had a business called Rainbow Jewellery and I used to go to the local market and sell it. Um, when eating, I used to go to the local op shop and I'd find things that I could upsell on eBay. Um, I would go to the op shop and have garage sales. So, you know, I was always really fascinated about money and how to make it it. But my first real business um, was Pearly Whites Australia. Um, and that was a really successful business. Um, that what kind I, of made you go into that? Was there something that you saw? Like, yeah, was there exactly. a trend? Exactly. So it was just one night I was scrolling through Instagram and this was just at the days where Instagram was just starting to do paid marketing with and promotions and stuff like that. So I saw an influencer promoting a teeth whitening kit and I thought, wow, I've never seen that before. That looks really interesting. And at the time I had no money and I was really curious and I, I, I wanted my teeth whitened but couldn't afford to go spend hundreds of dollars at the dentist to do so. So I actually bought the kit and I got such incredible results from it. I kind of had this light bulb moment. I was like, wow, I think I could do this as in I reckon I could import this product and brand it differently and market it differently and this could actually be a really successful opportunity 
Um, and that's exactly what happened. I, I bought my first 100 units and they were so generic packaging, no personalization, um, you know, quite embarrassing if you look back on what it looked but I guess one of my favorite sayings is if you're not embarrassed by your first prototype, you launched far too late. So that's yeah. kind of what I, I think of when I think back at my first product. Um, but we evolved with that brand. You know, we went from having a generic packaging to our own personal embossed boxes, um, you know, importing thousands of these units every month. And yeah, the business was, it was really successful. What wasn't successful in that whole venture though, was that I'd got a business partner involved and I hadn't secured myself legally. And, and that ended up not being a very, um, healthy business relationship and things went a bit sour and I ended up losing all everything from that business. Wow. Um, but I mean, that's a story for another day. I could yeah. talk about that, that for hours, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I look back on that um, experience and I'm really, I'm grateful for it because I learned so much about business in that time. Um, and it really kind of put me on my two feet to really realize that this is what I wanted to do moving forward with my life. And, um, yeah, here we are today, five startups later. Amazing. So once you came out of that business partnership, what was the next thing that you decided to jump into? So, um, there was a little bit of like healing that I needed from that experience. It was a really tormenting time for me. Um, you know, such a ripe age, no mentors. I had no friends that were in business. My family have never been, you know, entrepreneurial business owners. So I really felt very alone in that time. Um, so I guess for me, it was a case of, do I want to continue in this scary industry or do I just want to go and get a, you know, a job, a real job as people would call it. Um, but, you know, I knew that I wanted to continue on that journey. So my next step was to actually, um, obviously start a new business, but something that I've always had a passion in is, is cold pressed juices and nourishing your body from the inside out and gut health and all of that sort of stuff. So um, where I grew up in Geelong, we actually at this time had no cold pressed juice bars in the city. Um, and I saw a huge gap in the market there. So I went from e-commerce and then took a step into bricks and mortar um, and I had this big factory that I was running with this big machinery, pressing hundreds of juices a day wow. um, and bottling up these juices and just you. Them. I know. Yeah. No, I had a team around me. So okay. it was just me. I was, I had the business hundred percent to myself, but I had staff working for me. Again, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was just winging it every step of the way. Um, until there was this one day where I was in, it was my grandmother's 70th birthday and I'd taken her to Bali for a holiday and my staff were ringing me every five minutes with little questions about, you know, this or that. And I just remember thinking to myself, what am I doing? Like I preached for so long e-commerce, running a business from anywhere in the world on a laptop. Now I'm eyeball, eyeball deep in beetroot juice. Um, you know, this isn't the lifestyle that I kind of envisioned. So that was when I was approached by, um, a very large company called New Zealand Natural Ice Cream and they ended up buying the company off me and taking over. So Amazing. I, um, yeah, so that was my second business. And then I, I took about a year off. I, I retired for a year. Um, I, I think, you know, with business, it's not like, okay, cool, let's just start another another business or another company. You need to have an idea. And, and, and that's sometimes not as easy as people think. 
Yeah. Um, you've got to kind of allow yourself to be open to opportunities coming your way and you need to be in a certain frame of mind, I feel, for these ideas to really come in. Um, so like I said, I took about a year off um, to, uh, to become creative again and, and try and find my feet again in what I wanted to do. Um, and I started, you know, I started uh, managing an influencer, a, a YouTuber, and we ended up doing a, a tour for his makeup masterclass around Australia and New Zealand. And that was about a, a year's worth of work. Um, it was just a case of what's the product going to be? Because I did, I really realized early on that a product-based business is my, that's my thing. That's, that's my, my niche. That's what I really, really love is creating that tangible product from the ground up. And, you know, that was, that was kind of my mission. So it was around, you know, 2016 where I was like, okay, cool. For moving forward, I am going to be that e-commerce person. I'm going to be someone who's constantly scouring for new innovation products to, to bring to the market. And I started going to China a couple of times a year and going to these Canton fairs and seeing what innovations the Chinese were coming up with. And it was really cool. And, um, and that's kind of what I've done ever since. So my, my motto, turn your pain into power, other than being one of those society who complain about problems find the solutions so with every problem uh, product that I've brought to the market it's always been a solution to an existing product uh, problem yeah you know amazing. the teeth yeah so like the teeth whitening for instance that was a problem you know people go to the dentist or they don't like the dentist and it's expensive to do so so here's the solution of an it with the juices we didn't have a juice company in Geelong that was the solution and then we have Her Organics, which was my next startup, which is a subscription-based tampon company, um, which, again, was solving a problem, which was, you know, women, obviously we use these sanitary items every month. Um, I was always forgetting to buy them. 90% um, of the products that I would potentially be open to put toxic chemicals. So I wanted to create that solution to, to women having that subscription-based um, sent to them automatically on a monthly basis. Yeah, amazing. That's so good. And so was there anything that you found really interesting when you went to some of those fairs that obviously you didn't take up, but that you were kind of like, that's really creative or bizarre or like was yes. there anything you saw? Yes. One um, in particular that I talk about quite often was the magnetic eyelashes. So oh, I've got some of those. Fair. No one had ever heard of these magnetic eyelashes. And I remember seeing them at a stall and I remember thinking to myself, that is the stupidest thing I have ever seen. Who is going to magnetically apply eyelashes? And wow, was I proven so wrong. Amazing. They have become massive. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Oh, so I think good. Something from that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, well, you can't spot them all. Um, exactly. But so good. And so I've got my community of both service based and product based businesses. Yeah. Um, and so, what are some of the strategies that you feel have really worked for you as a product based business when you're kind of starting a brand from scratch and you're looking to build that audience and that connection? Um, look, I, I'm always, I always go back to branding um, and how you can make uh, your consumers feel through, you know, the aesthetics of your product or your service. Um, but yeah, I think my, my biggest 
key in that regard is is definitely creating that community initially. I think it's really important that before you ex- expect to make money, you need to be adding value um, or to someone's life or in whatever before you can expect them to convert into a paying customer. I use Instagram very closely with all of my brands. I love to add value through different types of education, those platforms that are relevant to obviously what I'm selling. Um, And that's kind of initially how I would start it, definitely. And so were you, like when you started, say, a new Insta handle for a product, Mm -hmm. were there any things that you did to kind of grow? Like were you looking at any competitors or were you just sharing content or were you kind of cross-selling on different platforms? Yeah, so, I mean, my latest business, The Care Co., I use that as an example. So when I first came up with this idea and I was waiting for my stock to arrive, I wasn't going to allow that time to just be dead time. Um, I started using the Instagram quite actively and sharing, you know, different photos, hair tutorials that I found on the internet and started to get an audience and started to get people, you know, following the page and, and interested in this, you know, the content that we were sharing. I think that was super important. Like I said, I didn't want to waste the time that we were waiting for the stock to arrive. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really important that we business owners also, yeah, like I said before, add value. Um, but that's the Instagram handle straight away. It's, you know, you share the brand later, let's build the audience and the engaged community now first, and then we can introduce a product. And so was there a specific lead time that you had from when you started that page and started building the community and the audience to launch? Like what was sort of that journey and how long was that? Um, I started this company really, really fast. I don't, the execution was probably a month. Um, Wow. Yeah, really, really quickly. And don't get me wrong, the brand has evolved a lot. The packaging has evolved. We've become a lot more personal, uh, personalised now. You know, before we were able to just get a generic bottle and put our own label on it, a printing custom-made bottle, which obviously entails a lot of huge MOQs. But, um, yeah, that's initially that's what we, we had to do. But from that lead time, you know, we're probably, look, for this, in this regard, it was about four to six weeks. Wow. Okay. And so what do you feel has played a really big part? Like, have you used PR a lot to build your, um, to build the brand? Have you, it's, you know, social media, has there been anything else? What's kind of really worked for you? So this is a great question because I find with every product or business, it's very different and how your audience um, engage with your content. Again, it's very different depending on your product or service. Uh, slick stick the product itself um, for those who don't know what slick stick is it's a hair finishing wand or an anti-flyaway wand so for women who love to wear their hair in a slick bun or a slick ponytail and you get all those baby flyaway hairs around your hairline this product it looks like a mascara wand and it's got a product that will actually sweep back those baby flyaways hold them in place all day without leaving your hair kind of oily or crusty does little little pitch there a little plug, um, but just wanted to yeah. paint the picture in case people don't know what it is. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's that's what the the product is. Um, sorry, I forgot the question. I got off. I ran off at a that's tangent. 
<laughs> That's okay. It was just what's really worked. So PR, yeah, social, okay. a mix of things. Yes, I knew yeah. I was getting somewhere with that okay. while I was sharing that. So because that product gives you that instant gratification and that instant result, I found that with social media, it was a lot easier for us to um, to share the product through influencers because people were seeing those instant results. Uh, so we found that paid ads and Facebook ads were great, but the conversion, oh, the, sorry, the acquisition price was incredibly high. And being such a low priced item, and we we. Uh, this product sells at around $24.95 for a single unit. Um, we found the acquisition prices were really high and I thought, okay, maybe we need to explore some other way of marketing. That's when I really put time and energy and capital into um, investing into influencers and influencer campaigns. And I found that that has been incredibly successful for this, for this business. But if you were to compare that to say her organics, not so much because, you know, tampons and pads are a very intimate and private topic. Um, and you know, for a, an influencer to then go and promote that, it might not come across very authentic and it's a very personal product, like I said. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't work and convert as well. And you don't see instant results with that product. You can't see a before and after with tampons. Do you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you can't really show how to use it. So it's kind of, it's very different. Whereas with Slick Stick, you can show the people that are watching your Instagram stories how to use the product instantly and how to get those instant results. And you convert so much more sales because of that. So I found that with Slick Stick, we have a really high rate of return on investment when it comes to influencers. Um, and that's what I'm putting 100% of my time and energy into when it comes to marketing. Cool. And so what have you learned about the influencer game? Oh gosh, I've learned a lot. I've learned that there are <laughs> some influencers out there aren't as savvy as you would think. Um, I think it's really hard because, you know, you look at these influencers and they are literally walking cash cows. They are making so much money, but they're not necessarily business owners. So they don't really have that business mentality. So it's very hard sometimes to negotiate with them. It's very hard to communicate with them. Um, it's quite hard sometimes to get them to execute, you know, your vision as an entrepreneur of what you want them to say, how you want them to pitch the product, how you want them to execute and sell it. Um, that doesn't always come across the way that you want it to. Um, but I mean, that's just part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, it's so interesting. And I mean, yeah, I just think that even when I speak to some of my clients, that's something that they're doing so much more of now, um, mm -hmm. whether it's a product or a service-based business, collaborations and influencer marketing is a big one. Um, so yeah. when it comes to her organic and you were saying that obviously influencer marketing hasn't been the way that you've gone because of the product, what, what's working to grow your audience for that or to engage with your customers? Um, so paid ads work quite well because, again, it's a very cheap product. It's $10 a month. But because it's an ongoing subscription, you've got to think more about the lifetime value of the customer um, in terms of acquisition costs. So, you know, it might cost us four months of subscriptions per person to acquire that customer. But as long as we can their life, we can hope that we have them on as a subscriber for, you know, so we look at it from a more long-term point of view um, when it comes to, and that's with any subscription business. But we find that, you know, uh, the her organics as well as paid Facebook ads 
Awesome. Okay. And so that, you know, you've sort of talked about a couple of different um, models, like you've got the subscription and then you've got the product, et cetera. So when it comes to how you're managing the business, have you got mentors or have you got people that look at all the analytics or are you doing all of that? Like how are you sort of managing the running of the business? So Rob um, is running Slick Hair Company um, at this point in time. Um, I'm no longer a director of Her Organics, um, majority shareholder team that run that business for me, um, which works better for me because, you know, I like to focus on one thing at a time. Uh, not really one of those people. I struggle a little bit with, you know, delegating my time across different or multiple businesses. I really like to at that time until it's you know self-sufficient or I can have someone step in and, and, and run it on my behalf but this business is still very very new um slick stick that is so for me to put a lot of my time and energy into it and ensure that I get it to a point where I want it to be um, and I see such huge potential in this brand so I'd be silly to be focusing my time on other things but um you know in terms of the analytics I, I, at the moment, I'm doing it all myself um, only because we are in stage four lockdown here in Melbourne and I can't hire work with me at the moment. Yeah. Um, we're not allowed. Um, so I'm, I'm just working incredibly to, to keep this business afloat um, and ensuring that I have enough stock because that's another big issue that we're facing at the moment is transport times and import times um, being that our borders are closed, especially in, in Melbourne, you know, no international commercial flights are allowed into Melbourne at the moment. So the times that it's taking to bring stock into this state is really, really, it's taking a really long time. Um, so I'm just managing our inventory service and I send out all of the orders myself every single day. Wow. So yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, that is. And so I guess for any of my listeners who are product-based businesses, is there anything around, you know, I guess suppliers or supply chain or things like that, that you have learned or that you would say to them to think about? Um, look, I, I feel like with this question, there's probably a lot of things that I've yet to learn um, in, I've kept it pretty simple. I use Alibaba to source most of my, and you know, I've never wow. really had it. Yeah. I've never really had an issue with, um, with supplier chains or finding someone to manufacture a product for me. Um, as this company grows, Slick Stick, um, and to find more local manufacturers and formulating products from scratch, which I've all my products have always been white label. Um, but now, you know, this business is really evolving and evolving quite fast. Um, we've decided to kind of go down the more custom manufacturing line. So we are working with Melbourne based manufacturers now to, to create our new and formulate new products that we're bringing to the market soon. Um, but yeah, I just use, I've always used Alibaba going to these Canton fairs in China. Like I said, face to face, um, it depends. Everybody's obviously selling what the product is. And I feel like just, it's pretty simple to find a manufacturer. Definitely. That's amazing. And so obviously switching from say an Asian or overseas based supplier, and now you're mm -hmm. saying that you're looking at Melbourne based or Australian based manufacturers from a cost and profitability perspective, how does that impact you? Yeah, look, it, it definitely is going to impact the margins, but um, I think that it's beneficial in the long run for 
quality and not only just quality because China, don't get me, but it's more even um, in this space, hair products or skincare line or whatever it may be. If it's a product that people are either consuming or putting on their skin, I feel like it, there's a, you're going to get a lot more, I get brownie points from customers or consumers if your products are made in Australia. Um, and it's not only yeah. that, you can't always trust that the ingredients that China's product is 100% true and it's really hard to be that aspect of your business um so yeah again if you're formulating a product yourself um and and you know what they're putting in the brand it's just it feels better yeah it's so interesting because i mean even when you say white labeling i think that you know anybody that's kind of wanting to start a business that's quite a easy way to go just in regards to having a product already ready to go and then being able to brand it. I mean, if you could kind of go back and, and well, not go back, but even now, like for anybody that's wanting to launch a product or is in the process of launching a product, what are some of the key things that you think that they should focus on? And what were some of the things that you've really learned that you kind of wish you knew when you started? Uh, in regards to the products itself, do you mean, or everything? Yeah, just in regards to running a product-based business. Yeah, okay. Um, the first one, the first tip that I'd have for people, like I said earlier, is don't waste too much time trying to create the perfect packaging or the perfect product initially. Um, I, you know, I do a bit of consulting work on the side. I've got the time for it. <laughs> Um, but I do help, uh, you know, a few people a month um, with their startup journeys. And what I'm always saying to them is, you know, you don't necessarily need to be investing all of your money and putting such huge risk on the line yeah. to ensure that, you know, every single product is branded exactly, you know, branded. You know, you could, you could let's just use, for instance, um, you know, a bamboo toothbrush and let's say you wanted to bring that product to market. Um, rather than feeling like you need to have every single toothbrush personally branded, you could potentially like a cute Hessian bag, brush inside the bag and you could have your branding on the bag instead. So you're looking at a lot less capital for that. You're looking at a lot less risk. It's way more calculated. Um, And it's just to bring your minimum water. They're the things that I would say to people, um, take calculated risks. Definitely you have to take a risk with any startup, but take calculated risks. That would be my number one tip. Yeah. Um, Anything else? Oh, I mean, I could hours. <laughs> I, I, I know think, we've you know, got, yeah. I think my, my, you know, I just, I love entrepreneurship. I think it's amazing how many people are wanting to start their own businesses nowadays. And especially with everything that's, people are really kind of getting that feel of working from home and having a little bit more freedom to be with your family. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that, it's if if not now when and if you've got a dream or a desire to start a product based business, but give it a go. There's again there's ways of taking it without having to spend thousands of dollars. You've just got to be creative and think outside the square. Yeah, I love it, and I think one of the messages that I got from you is that it's like just start. It's not that hard to try and kind of find ideas. The ideas are out there depending Mm -hmm. on whether you want to do something just, you know, your own original idea or whether you want to try 
and just run a business with somebody else's exactly. product. But I think that's really interesting as well. That's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, we're, we're so lucky in this day and age that we can run a business from our mobile phone. And yeah. um, every single day I get inboxes on my Instagram of people saying, I'm, you, know, you inspire me so much. I really want to start my own business. Um, I'm just too scared or I don't know what sort of business to start or what product to sell. And my number one tip to those people is to when you Instagram and Facebook and you see all the ads popping up in your face, rather than looking at from a consumer's point of view, look at it from a business perspective yeah. and think, is this a product that I could slightly manipulate or change and potentially bring to market myself? Um, or are you just going to be, you know, like everyone else and just buy that product and consume that product and that's it. Look at it from a different perspective because you'll be really surprised how many incredible products are at your fingertips and you're not even noticing them. Yeah, I have to be honest. I just, whilst I know about Alibaba, I didn't even think about that as a sort of white label product supplier. So I think that's super interesting. And also obviously, like you said, so were the, the, um, the fairs or the trade shows that you went to, were they just in China or were they elsewhere in the world? Um, I'm, I'm pretty certain they're all over the world, but the biggest ones are in Guangzhou in China and also in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, so I've been to a few of those around, um, around those cities. Amazing. So good. But I think at the moment with everything that's happening, they're actually doing virtual Canton fairs. Wow. Well, yeah, that would make total sense. Yeah. Mm. That's so interesting. I love how everybody's just kind of shifting and changing and making things happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's been so helpful. I know that like we talk a lot about business. I feel like we don't focus in on product as much as I would probably like to. So I think that for my product-based listeners out there, I think that they will really take a lot out of this conversation. Oh, great. Yeah, for sure. And so where would you like people to connect with you? Because I know you've got so many, so many handles. We'll have all of the links in the show notes, but where's the best place to connect um, with look, you? A lot about my business journey, my day-to-day life as a business uh, so that's just at me a plastic and within my um, my bio I actually have tagged all of my businesses as well um, I've been really getting into TikTok over the last few weeks um, and my following on TikTok has grown exponentially Amazing. crazy over the last few weeks so I've been really are you doing a lot of dancing or is it no, products no, that you're no, talking no. about I don't dance that's one thing I will not do on TikTok although who knows that could change but at this point in time there's no dancing okay. um, I share 60 second business hacks or business um, insights yeah. or you know people ask me questions like can we see you packing orders so I'll do some laps of me packing all the orders um, you know how I got on Shopify to a 9.33% conversion rate and little tips and hacks and apps that I use within Shopify to help my business. So that's how I use TikTok for. Yeah. And do you share that on Insta as well or just on TikTok? Um, I do sometimes, but mostly just on, so just my name, Mia. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll have all of those links in the show notes. But thank you so much for hanging out today and chatting all things product-based business. Um, And well done as well. Like I'm all about action taking and you sound like somebody who's just like getting out there and doing what needs to be done. So congrats. I am. I am. And thank you. I want to make a really quick note that, you know, it's it's sometimes, you know, people look at me or other entrepreneurs and think, wow, they've just got their life together. Wow, they're doing so many amazing things. Wow, they're so successful. But 
you know, that's the the fluffy side of it. You know, I've had my more failures and set, setbacks than I have successes. Um, and I just want to make sure that people understand that I really am such a real person and I'm, I'm so open about that. And I don't want people to look at me and say, oh, wow, she's so six shit together. It's quite the opposite. Um, so I say to people is just give it a go. I'm still learning every single day. I don't have my shit together, um, but I just have a dream and I have a vision. And no matter how many times I get, I guess the difference between me and say someone else is that I just continually get back up when most people would probably quit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, the only thing. That's that what's I, required. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. that's so good. And I do think, you know, I was talking to a biz friend the other day. And we were just saying, you know, the journey is such a peaks and troughs and you know yeah. nobody gets to anywhere that they want to go without all the failures and the lessons and the things that you know worked and didn't work and all the rest of it so no we love an honest journey here on the brand builders lab podcast for sure thank you so much i'm i'm really glad for that my pleasure well thanks so much for hanging out and um we'll definitely be following your journey from now on Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mia. So there you go. I really enjoyed that chat. Sorry that we had a couple of audio issues. That's what happens when everybody's on Wi-Fi sometimes. But I think that there was so much value in that conversation. And I think that if you are a product-based business and you are wanting to launch, I just thought that the way Mia thought about it just was quite simplified, which I think is a great way to be as well. Um, and yeah, I was really intrigued about the fact that she got uh, her products from Alibaba and things like that. Like if you wanted to create a business, there are things that you could, you know, buy now and launch and start to test the market with as well. So I thought that was quite exciting, if I'm honest. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> Well, that's it for another week. It has been amazing to have you here as always. And remember to follow me on all socials at Suze Chadwick. But thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would love you to leave a review so that others can find the podcast and come and hang out with us every week. The music to this podcast was created by Ixon on SoundCloud. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you keep playing big and branding bold.